This is episode 34 of the Brick and Data podcast, a podcast dedicated to retail news, analytics, and tech. And in this episode, we were live at shop.org 2017. This is part two of our two-part series from shop.org. And Jose and I got some time with Nicole Ryla and Jasmine Glasheen from Retail Minded. If you haven't listened to that part, the part one of our two-part series, be sure to give that a listen too when you're done with this one. But this one, this is part two of our two-part series, and we have Casey Sullivan from Barney's New York. Casey, thank you very much for joining us. And before we jump into uh, questions, let's tell you a little bit about Casey Sullivan. She's the Director of Business Development at Barney's New York, where she oversees startup and growth initiatives focusing on digital opportunities. She's a strategy professional with experience spanning international and multi-stage companies specializing in luxury fashion. Casey started her career in finance with BNP Paribas, Fortis Investments. She then joined LBMH's DFS Group and later co-founded Gleeman Company, a consignment jewelry marketplace for designer and estate jewelry. All right, and let's properly introduce Barney's, right? So I think we all know who Barney's is, but just for those that don't, and I mean, I, I do, right? I know who Barney's is. I think <laughs> most of our listeners do, but I'm going to properly introduce Barney's for those that don't go there every day. Uh, Barney's New York is a luxury specialty retailer known for having the most discerning edit from the world's top designers, including women's and men's ready-to-wear accessories, shoes, jewelry, cosmetics, fragrances, and gifts for the home. Barney's signature sense of wit and style is manifested in its creative advertising campaigns, original holiday themes, and celebrated window displays. Um, I, I know that there's lots of people in my family that love Barney's, maybe a little too much. So, um, <laughs> But uh, I'm sure you get that. that a lot, Casey, when yeah, you're yeah. talking I about talking to people. But, so, um, but you can't love Barney's too much. I know, <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. Just go back right? and back and back. I know, and it's always so interesting and amazingly curated. So... Yeah. It's a really fun place to work. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, Jose, why don't you... Perfect. So, with that, maybe we could get started with our Q&A. And so, uh, as you know, Casey, retailers are in the process of bridging the gap between online and offline retail in order to provide customers with a seamless experience across all channels. So, this is something that Todd and I uh, often touch upon in the Brick and Data podcast. So can you talk a little bit about what this means in practice and perhaps uh, if you can, maybe you could also talk about what some of the digital initiatives might be at Barney's New York. Yeah, sure. So when we're talking about connecting the online and offline um, experience, <clears throat> excuse me, for the customer, what that means in practice is um, creating this one sort of continuous brand experience. Um, because people really, they're not web-only or in-store-only shoppers. Um, more often than not, they're some combination. And even more than that, they're a combination on a, on a specific purchase. So more than half of people are doing their research for products ahead of purchase, but still 80% of people are shopping in-store and the ultimate sale happens in-store. So when we think about bridging this online and offline gap, we want that one continuous experience. Absolutely. I mean, and then the 80- 80% number. Is that low? I think it's even a little higher. I don't know. You but think? I don't know. I don't know if it is. And I always see different numbers on that. And I'm yeah. always curious as to what that includes mm-hmm. and what it doesn't include. But yeah. um, I mean, the you know, th- there's lots of different factors that they can play there. But yeah. Yeah. And I, I think mean, like when as we get more data, you can see, you know, where are we attributing sales to? Yeah. So I did the yeah. research online. Right. Yeah. And now I'm purchasing store in store. I think as we get more data and we learn more about who the customer is that's yeah. in our store, we can say this is where the sale belongs to. Yes. And sometimes that's not 100% mm-hmm. in one place. And it's not easy. 
right? And it's not easy. None of that is easy, especially when you've got data sitting everywhere and you've got transactions happening everywhere. Mm. And how do you align this stuff together to make sense of it? Mm. Um, And being able to discern that kind of that kind of, uh, I guess, data out of your data. Yeah, or even the people who don't purchase in store. Who are they? Right. You have to figure that out. And that's right. actually a big topic, I think, that, that yeah. I've noticed at, at shop.org this, this time. The what? The identification? or the, of kind the people of, in store. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Through Wi-Fi, through beacons, through social media. For people who don't purchase, how do you then say, you know, continue the conversation maybe when they're back home online? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. There, there, there is that. And so if you look at the, the different customer segment shopping, I mean, we, we covered this in our last segment that we had. Um, with the ladies from Retail Minded, and and um, one one of one of them, Jasmine, is, is very in touch with the millennials, and sure. I always poke at her about this. Uh, maybe it's because I'm not a millennial, and I can always make fun of the millennials. <laughs> but Todd, um, I thought we were millennials. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. this is a surprise. And, and, and we're not baby boomers either. Um, <laughs> so we're somewhere in the middle, Gen X, right? Uh, so we've got you know, we've got the baby boomers, Gen X, the millennials, upcoming Gen Z, right? So our if uh, you know the, the the 10, 12, 15, 16 year olds. Um, when you look at the different segments and you look at the experiences that they require for each one, I know this is a pie in the sky kind of question, but I guess this goes back to the data thing we're talking about before yeah. is how do you ma- maintain this cohesive experience and consider like, how does Barney's evolve in that case? Because if you think of Barney's been around for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's a plus, but it's also in the case. And we also discussed this previously mm-hmm. in the other episodes and just earlier is that you know, the retailers that are evolving and taking different strategies and, and making different measurements to adjust uh, and adapt to these, um, you know, these these millennials or the Gen Zs and the different experiences of the ones that are doing well, you know. And so is that is that a conversation I guess you have frequently or is that something that you're thinking about frequently as far as how to um, adjust that experience for them. For yeah, and keep it cohesive so as a brand. Yeah, 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 keeping that Barney's intact. Or without alienating people who aren't millennials. Exactly. It's not been... all about the millennials as much <laughs> right, as you might think. Right. <laughs> as much as I might think. Um, it was interesting. Earlier today, there was a breakout session called 7.5 Billion Bosses, Consumers Are in Charge Now. Mm. So that was by GDR, Creative Intelligence. And it, I guess the point is that expectations are high. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't provide the experience, the speed, the customization, the exclusives that customers want, well, they can find someone else sure. really easily. Um, if you can't deliver, sure. someone else will. So I think that how, how brands are thinking about this, or one way they're thinking about it, is through personalization. Because I'm not a millennial, I'm Casey. Or you know, people, mm-hmm. these large segments, they don't identify people how they want to be identified, sure. which is as an individual. Um, so I think that that goes, again, back to leveraging data and understanding who the people are as individuals that we're speaking to. And through much more customization and personalization, we're able to talk to every customer while maintaining a brand experience. Um, kind of one large example is leveraging social media, leveraging the data that we have access to, to speak to somebody as a person. Sure. That makes a lot of sense, right? It's, it's especially as, well, let's say... Uh, potential or actual customers walking into a store, it's all, it doesn't matter, generation doesn't matter. It's about who am I as a yeah. human being yeah. and how is the brand and or retailer uh, interacting with me right. to make me feel special right. because it's all about the experience that you're ultimately looking for. Right, right. And, you know, having that two-way conversation. And so let's uh, switch gears a little bit and talk about 
uh, perhaps some of the most interesting technologies uh, that you've seen bridging the gap between the digital and physical worlds yeah. in general? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many interesting technologies out there. And um, kind of going around here at shop.org, you see a lot of kind of well, interesting things that maybe have spoken to the companies, but they're they're even evolving so quickly within themselves. So, um, again, I've, I've seen a lot of um, of people talking about knowing the customer who's in their store. So there's like a lot of be- a lot of talk about beacons at shop.org. Um, hmm. Even Adobe's doing an innovation lab, and they have a uh, some focus on beacons. They haven't like announced. So like a resurrection of an old technology. It's it is. I've been surprised by that. New way to use it, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're actually, I think, um, having that conversation later today. Um, Leveraging Wi-Fi in store to know your customer, um, and leveraging social media. You know. A really high percent of people are logged in at any given time. How do you leverage that? And just knowing the customers in the store. And I know we touched on that earlier. So there are other um, kind of interesting technologies that people are talking about. Um, complete the look. So there's a company called FindMind that I've, I was just speaking to. They they are looking at, okay, you've purchased one item in the past. Um, you're smiling. Have you talked to them before? I did talk to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you've purchased one item before. What else? Do you, what else will go with that item? Yeah. So I've purchased. Because I pretty much need that. So right. Because I will look at something like I don't know what goes with this. Right. Right. Just because I'm <laughs> me. Right. And a robot is <laughs> doing that for you, which is fantastic. <laughs> That's great. But think about that if you can. If we finally the Jetsons are happening. I know. And it was a thing, right? The yeah. Jetsons. I think. They had that. Yeah. They, <laughs> I yes. think that was a big thing. Yes. Yeah. So the, yeah. now we sort of have that. So we can't say the Jetsons never happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I wish fantastic. somebody actually addressed me literally. That would right. be much easier. Right. Right, let's actually get the robot out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. We'll make a note of that, Jose. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll put a note in. Excuse me, sir. Lift your leg higher. I can't <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, then, no, um, chatbots are really exciting. People are talking about chatbots, and I think like technology is evolving, and where it's not evolving, um, they're like people who are looking at um, having conversations with people when they're online, they kind of know their limits. So if I if something if if the bot can get you so far, well then something's coming up and saying, okay, now call like a web services team. Sure. Headliner Labs is looking looking at that. I just spoke to them as well. Um, in store mapping, I, I'm I think that a big conversation that's kind of it's been around for a little while, but I'm hearing more about uh, virtual try on. Um, so like 3D mapping of the body and then putting clothes actually on not a model, but me as the person purchasing sure. it, going back to personalization. So, yeah, there are a lot of interesting technologies bridg- bridging the gap, and, and a lot of them are here at shop.org. Yeah, it's totally overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot. There's yeah. a lot to see and, and yeah. experience. Um, so the, the AR, VR stuff we were just talking about, and this is something that's it's fun to think about. I, and Jose and I are always back and forth about AR or VR, which one's going to work. And I think the, the winner is pretty clear, in our opinion, mm-hmm. that it's AR. Yeah. yeah. Meaning Absolutely. that that's a less intrusive means of seeing a world in a different way or seeing yeah. something on you or seeing something in your yeah. house without putting a helmet on. Right, putting a helmet um, on and putting me someplace else. But bring, like, right. It's... Well, I mean, yeah, and that's interesting, too. I mean, you think about what Lowe's has done and, yeah. and some of those, those types of retailers where they're trying to engage a customer in the store if they're maybe from a educational perspective, put on the headset, we can teach sure. you how to properly, you know, um, uh, lay down this tile and teach you how to properly, you know, set up this shed or something, you know, <laughs> and, and just go in there with the VR tools and set it up and that's great. But still when it comes to mass, you know, mass acceptance of something and what would really work in a common store or what would work in a store in general, and it, it seems to be AR. But that's that's our opinion, of course. But, yeah. um, but looking at 
I guess, the retail journey itself. So we've talked a lot about in-store, you know, just now. We've talked about that in-store place. Where do you see any technologies or even AR and VR in uh, other parts of the retail journey? So maybe outside of that, outside of the store. Yeah. Um, you know, I agree with you. I'm actually, when you're talking about Lowe's and, and learning how to tile, I'm thinking mm -hmm. about my dad actually tiling the kitchen floor and then picturing him with like a helmet on as he did it. As I feel like it would have added a layer of just Can you imagine? sheer nerves and yeah. Uh, yeah. terror, really. He also probably doesn't need the, yeah, the like VR. He's not, but, right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was but it'd be less, a lot less heavy lifting right. having to do it versus having to do it right. because those tiles are heavy. Right, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dad's back. Yeah, like we could all just put on the VR and pretend that yeah. he reads at the floors. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I the floors. No, no, wait, you got to look in here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, I think, yeah, AR, I think, is interesting um, for the in-store retail experience. Um, you know, it is still sort of being developed so much, mm -hmm. but um, when I think about, like, um, having sort of mirror technology and seeing yourself in a mirror and like seeing things that you've purchased in the past and putting those that's items AR. on. That's all AR. All that is it AR. Is. It's not just your phone because my, my initial reaction right. is to say, okay, right. augmented reality takes place in our phone because for some of us that I used to play a little Pokemon Go, you know? Yeah. Little Pokemon Go sure. and then you think that that is AR. That has been like the the almost the, the Kleenex and tissues yeah. of AR. Yeah. Um, where you're accustomed to seeing that and of course Google's trying to do that with, with, with the various and things of maps. But yeah, it's, there uh, are a lot of companies. I talked to a company called Camera IQ, which has a similar sort of technology, mm -hmm. like it well, it's AR, but yeah. um, where you can within a certain app um, see you, look through a through the your app as a lens to the store yes. so you can see okay these are the social media comments on that mm -hmm. on that top or sure. um this is oh there's a sale in that part of the store or um learning about fit information about any specific garment i mean i think that stuff is really <laughs> now, cool now i'm thinking about okay. something is that okay. like imagine you walk into a store and you walk in and then everyone's just like this. What do you mean imagine? That's already happening. I mean, not imagine. I mean, everyone's just like this with the phone up like this, just kind of like, uh, yes. I don't know, like zombies just right. standing there staring right. at things, yeah. getting in someone's way well, and they yell at you for getting in their way because you're in front of their shirt they're looking at and, you know, it seems like a nightmare. So I used to live in Hong Kong and Pokemon Go um, got really big in Hong Kong when you know, actually, after I left, but when I was visiting, so just people were like ago? in the and a half ago, right? in the streets, okay. like with following the Pokemon, and uh, it was like it was getting dangerous. Like they were gonna get, right? They were gonna get hurt. Zombie hordes. Um, but yeah, that was that. At least it's not dangerous, you know. I mean, well, you could walk through a store and run into a clothing rack. It's you're not gonna get hit by a car. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of people are on their phones in the store as it is, and I think that. Again, this is a reason that it's it should not be too difficult to know who the person is in the store when they're when they're there. If they're on their phone, we can figure out a way to understand yeah, that person. Just, there's so many technologies out there and it's interesting how in store has become so complex when you think about the you know, the, the tiles in stores that sure. can detect where you're walking, the cameras in stores that can see what you're doing. Mm. Um, well, heat not really maps. see what you're doing, but heat mapping, right? Yes. Um, you know, a partner of ours, Retail Next, uh, does does the heat mapping. Um, meaning the company we work sure. for. Um, and that's always interesting to see because they're mapping out the inside of a store. And you've got other companies like GE Current, you know, right. adding intelligence to lights so they can start yes. understanding where you are in the store yeah. and um, being able to serve up offers on phones based on where you're in the store mm -hmm. and what someone else just did, sure. you know, to establish chains mm -hmm. of, of behavior maybe. Yeah. And it's, we're all oblivious to this, which is right. an interesting thing is when you walk into a store, 
unless you start just st- which I do sometimes now, yeah. just staring around, looking, <laughs> looking at the lights, see what see what kind of light it is, and all they're looking at me through that. I think. Right. Yeah. Then you just want to run away. But right. yeah. so, I don't know what There's kind of things are happening with Barney's, but uh, no, no, I don't no, know no. if it's to that extent. You yeah. know, as far as the technologies in store. But it's all ne- the point is that it's all necessary because we're desperate every, yeah. every retailer is desperate to get more data yeah. on people because there's that it's the most valuable resource yeah. yeah and how do you how do you do it how do you pull all this data pull it together and make some make some sense out of it and that's i know now we're going to a whole privacy whole conversation world. <laughs> sure a whole other world but we're not going to do it because we're, we're nearly out of time anyway but it's um <laughs> okay. yeah so it's very interesting yeah and but let, let, let's take that that um Maybe a baby step. We won't take it all the way out there. I but like baby steps, Jose. Uh, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we already talked... Let's jump right in. <laughs> we already talked a little bit about uh, the general trends. But maybe we could talk about, a little bit about... So you see a lot of different things, Casey. So you see a lot of things here at yeah. shop.org, outside of shop.org, new technologies. How do you know what's right? So for our retail listeners and not, it's not about a secret giving away a secret sauce or anything but it's more the question's more about how do you figure out what to test and try and what would make sense for a retailer how would a retailer make sense of everything that they see because they're yeah. going to come out of this for example shop.org with a lot of ideas right but how do they know okay oh. this is what works exactly yeah this is what might work this is what might not work this is right for me right. how do you do that I think I mean everything we've talked about are things that all retailers are thinking about right now and anybody who's at shop.org is meeting these companies and and there are so many ideas that come out of that and synthesizing those and and well, synthesizing your own own thoughts and then bringing them to the people at your company mm-hmm. and having those conversations and understanding, okay, well, what is the overarching strategy? Sure. Um, and identifying whatever your key pillars are and seeing where these technologies fit in. So first you want to fill in the holes or the, the places that you've identified, these are our strategies, but then also not limiting yourself mm. to, to only focus on things that we've thought of because there's sure. so many creative people and innovative people mm-hmm. out here at shop.org or, or, you know, all around the world that you, and you want to be open to those opportunities. So I think that a lot of brands, a lot of retailers are finding that balance, identifying your strategies and then being flexible enough to adopt new technologies and new ways of thinking all the time. So I have a very quick question to add into that and and just, it'll probably just ping off what you just said is, you know, looking at some of the experience you've had with different types of retailers, like from, from, from luxury fashion to jewelry and, you know, does does the does the way by which you you move you know with priorities in terms of growth expansions and and things that can that can fuel growth at least i assume that changes based on the vertical or the type of retailer that you're in right you wouldn't you can adapt things from when you're in more of a of a jewelry centric uh, world compared to now and you know at Barney's right. but I'm assuming the challenges are slightly different in each way right I mean I know it's kind of a, an obvious question in a way but it's what is it what does that mean in terms of what you go about doing when it I comes to growth I think the overarching strategies you can find a lot of similarities personalization speed sure. exclusives yeah, like yeah, yeah. Um, all of those kind of big things that we talked about but then yeah adapting for the very specific customer um yeah. You know, there have been overlaps in the customer segments that yeah. I've addressed in my previous roles. Um, so there are definitely similarities, but how you talk to somebody about jewelry is definitely going to be different than how you talk to somebody about um, shoes, or, for yeah, example. How you, how you personalize to them and how you, yeah. But the, the overarching theme remains. Yeah, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, and 
Yeah, it's about knowing your customer and going back to the data, understanding how to use it. A lot of people here are talking um, about not more data, but using what you already have. Um, and that, I think, has been a challenge for a number of years. Right, and there's tons of data sitting out there. And, yeah, um, there's just so much data. Archives of it and in all sorts of places. And the challenge yeah. is how do you corral that? Right, right. Yeah, right. And how do you use it? And how do you improve your experience based on that data um, without getting overwhelmed by it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is something you guys have talked about before, I guess. Yeah, we, we, we do. We, we do. It's just, we're always pontificating on this stuff. Right, we never right, come right. to any conclusion. We just babble about it. And, right. and, we, and we're like, all right, well, that's that. And then we'll come back at it again and just keep sure. talking about right. it in hopes that it gets better. Yeah, and it's always, uh, we, we go back and forth on do you outsource or do you build teams in-house to do yeah. it? And uh, what's the right path? And I mean, not that we're going to answer this or solve this now, but questions to think about is, what is the role of a retailer in all of this, right? And what is the retailer's core competency vis-a-vis -vis any type of, let's say, outside provider? And where does it make sense for a retailer to perhaps build that in-house? Right. Even though I just said that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's very specific to the individual retailer and what you're trying to achieve. Um, yeah. Totally, totally agree. So, what's uh, what are you what are you looking to do the rest of the day here? You think you're just going to hit some more sessions, or what's the what's the, what's the plan for you? Just going <sighs> oh to just so around much. a little bit. I've done a number of sessions. Um, I am kind of, I have a couple here, of meetings set up to speak with individual companies mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, you get so many people reaching out before you come and, know. you know, you, you identify just hi. four that you think are great and you'll, you'll yeah. have a one-on-one -on -one sure. with, and then yeah. you allow yourself time to, to wander around. Um, so that's my plan. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, awesome. that's great. Well, yeah. yeah, it's great Casey, to hear. Casey, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, for everyone that uh, joined us a little late, that was uh, Casey Sullivan from Barney's. And uh, thank you to Casey for taking a little time with us. And uh, maybe we'll catch up with you at some point to see how all this has evolved and yeah, see I what's going so. on at Barney's down the road, you know? Great. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. Thanks, Thanks very much for joining us. Oh, okay. Awesome. So that is the show, everyone, for everyone that, that's watching and for those that are listening right now. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, uh, not for shop.org or anything, but for uh, Brick, Brick and Datacast. You can email us at brickdatacast at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and all those, uh, all those podcast apps. And until next time, which we will not be live, take care, everyone. Thank take care, you. guys.